Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with hosts Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra. Yay, let's clap for ourselves since we don't have a gallery. Woo! We still haven't gotten that. Hunter, you can clap too. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. That's our studio. Hunter is our studio audience. Yeah, live studio audience. Live studio audience. All right, gang. Um, So this week, we're always talking about something interesting in branding, and there never seems to be an end to it. Uh, Every time we think, haven't we talked about everything? Then we think of a gaping hole. Uh, And the one that we realize that we haven't really talked about and we get quite a bit of requests for is how to name or more importantly, rebrand your nonprofit or not-for-profit. And I know a lot of you that are entrepreneurs probably feel like you're not-for-profit. But we're talking about the real thing. (laughs) The companies that have volunteers, they have member organizations, they're mission-based. Yeah. And we get so many requests from both here in our community, here in Western North Carolina, and I'm sure in most communities, there's organizations, they're grassroots, they start up, they have an idea, Mm -hmm. uh, they have an agenda, they don't have a lot of professional branding people initially, and usually the name just kind of um, organically evolves. Yeah. It's just kind of a grassroots kind of naming thing. Yeah. And the conundrum, I will use that word, uh, in with nonprofits is usually the very thing that defines the nonprofit ultimately ends up constricting it or misrepresenting it. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about the five steps to rebranding your nonprofit organization because it's something that we run into so much. So many times we get the proverbial cry for help. It's like, can you help our nonprofit? Yep. And we'll go through what the issues are, not dissimilar to other rebranding ones, but a little bit a little bit nuanced in that uh, Nonprofits have to be a little bit more inclusive in the process, and we'll yeah, get into why. Yeah, there's a lot more. More hands in the kitchen, yeah, yeah. You know, stirring the pot. Yeah, more cooks cooking. Lots of cooks with nonprofits. So rebranding <laughs> nonprofit. So if you have been tasked, and God bless you, if you if you've taken this role on, yes. you were absent from the meeting, so you got nominated, and you're in charge <laughs> of the rebrand. That's what you get, Jerry. That's what you get. You didn't show up. So we're, we're coming up with a new name. And usually when people come to us with this, it's been a long simmering issue. It's usually not a new one like, you know what, we should just rebrand. It's something I usually hear about where people say, well, we've known for years and we've always dealt with this and now it's time to do something. So step number one, as much as you think you know what it is, um, identify and write down the core issues that are driving this. Not just like, well, you know, you know, our name just isn't good, so let's just get about renaming it. Yeah. Well, make sure that everybody that you are talking to is, you know, now we're doing this because of this, right? You might be surprised. Someone else thinks, well, I just don't like the way it sounds, or I think it's hard to say, or I think it's misleading, yeah. or, or maybe it's a little bit of both, but you need to really get consensus. Yes. Right, Liz? Absolutely. What, what is the issue? Because we've been on meetings before where all of a sudden two or three people pipe up. Yep. And they all see it through a different through yep. a different lens. Yes. There is a ancient proverb about five blind men that came across an elephant. 
and they didn't know what it was and each one of them grabbed a different part of the elephant and they would ask each other well what is this and one of them grabbed the elephant's ear and said quite definitively it's a fan mm-hmm. and another one grabbed the trunk and said it's a hose and the other one said you you're all bumbling idiots it's a tree because they're holding on to it and so when people are addressing an issue it's really easy to see from one perspective so what you want to do by getting that written down is to make sure that we're in agreement this is what the issues are in this proportion. Yes. Yeah, definitely right? the proportion because right. a lot of it, I think some people know what the issues are, but some people are more, uh, they voice that one is more than the other. Well, I think of, you know, the one we did for, is it Winston? Winston yeah, Salem right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Institute Dude, for the blind. Okay, so obviously, well, we're jumping ahead here a little bit. Yeah. But you could say, okay, well, that obviously needs to be rebranded. Well, you might get into it and one person says, well, what's the problem with it? And they mm-hmm. say, well, because the Winston-Salem. Yeah. It's the geography. Somebody else might say, well, I thought we were doing this because it was just too long. Yeah. Yeah. Or I thought we were doing this because we didn't want an acronym anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so so just get on the same page. What is it that we're trying to do and what issues do we want addressed and resolved through this branding process? So yeah. at the end of this We've only, you know, may only cured one thing, but we still left this kind of hanging. Mm-hmm. So uh, part of that is what are the third rails that can't be touched? Third rail is a term, you know, like in the middle of the uh, track. If you touch the third rail, you get electrocuted. Yeah. And w- especially, Liz, for some reason with nonprofits, there's always a third rail. Yes. You know, we get that with entrepreneurs. But yeah. Not, not as, as much. much. Mm. No. You know, well, sometimes they'll say like, well, don't ever put the word consultant in there. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, governmental regulations, their charter, uh, their mandate, the original mission, we got, we can't lose this word or we can't not say this. Or So let's identify that. And I'd say really vet it. Is it true that you can't say that? Yeah. I mean, is that, right? May, if it's in your charter, can you rewrite your charter? If it's really causing you pain, really shake the tree here and do your due diligence. If that's part of the problem, it, you know, you certainly don't want to handcuff the rebranding process because you've got to keep this horrible, awful word yeah. that's a disservice to you in the right. name because yeah. it's in your charter. Well, then change the charter. That's yeah, and I I feel like when we go into these with nonprofits, there seems to be so much hesitation, and it's almost like you're getting in the way of yourself a lot of times. A lot. Especially if you really do want to change it. You really do want it to communicate something different. And I think that goes back to your first original point of writing down, I think even more importantly than wanting to know what you want out of it, almost getting consensus around what's wrong with it. Because really getting consensus around that pain point is going to stick it to people like, ooh, you know what? Right. This is really bad. So let's do what we need to do in order to change the name so that it'll better reflect our mission and purpose. Exactly. And it'll keep, you know, when the process, which inevitably will falter, it does somewhere. <laughs> it it will. It will. Because there's just so many people involved. Yeah. Um, if you keep coming back, remember the pain point. We still have mm-hmm. this pain point. Hopefully that will serve as kind of a prodding stick. Yeah. To keep people moving on. The number one thing that results uh, the the number one failure i would say in rebranding a nonprofit is inaction absolutely it's yes. just nothing happens they examine it they poke it they prod it they look at it they spend thousands of dollars well, on we've research well we've seen it again and again they'll research yeah. it 
Um, they'll do all kinds of things, and then in the end, nothing happens. Yep. And so it's the inertia, really, that you've got to be careful. So to build the case, that's why this first step of identifying the core issues, so that it's very compelling what the reasons are. And if they're not compelling enough, then don't rebrand. Yeah. You right. know, but create a compelling enough reason that it has enough force behind it to go, boy, the more we think about it, we're probably losing donors over this. Mm-hmm. We probably are misleading. There's probably clients that we don't serve because of the name now. Yeah. And then if that's in front of you, you're going to say, we have to change this. Yeah. And I would like try as much as you can to get rid of any probabilities and get, especially when you're dealing with so many people, they want, there's so many different types of people in the room, like getting that hard evidence is going to be important. Yeah, so you have it nailed down. It's just, it's just, you know, here's your little cheat sheet. You yeah. can just say in a meeting then, okay, remember, you can say that, but if we go back to what we have, remember, we're probably not reaching 30% of our donor base. Mm-hmm. We're probably alienating 40% of our potential, you know, we're probably limiting ourselves here. And then say, right. oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, let's keep, let's go forward. Yeah. So what are some of these core issues? What are the third rails? Identify those. Well, you know, some people just can't change certain parts of it. Yeah. If you're a hospital, you probably have to keep the word hospital. In yeah, you know. yeah. You can't, you know, you know, can't call it the uh, fun arena, you know. <laughs> like, it's not going to be fun to be there nah. um, necessarily. So Yeah, I can't get really, can't really get rid of that stigma. <laughs> right, yeah. So you just, you work with what you've got to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the presenting problems? What we've seen, we, we mentioned it with the Winston-Salem Institute for the Blind, which came to us a, a couple of years back, and they had a geography problem in there, a few things, uh, the length of the name. So really yeah. spell it out. Industry is another one. And we see this a lot, and this crosses over into kind of nonprofit, quasi-nonprofit, and also financial, which is sometimes nonprofit, mm-hmm. weirdly enough. <laughs> nonprofit, <laughs> yeah. financial. I know. Um, oxymoron. But credit unions and some of those will come to us and they have originally served a specific audience, maybe yeah. the, arm, the armed forces or a specific. In our town, we had the Acousta paper mill and they had the Acousta credit union. Yeah. Well, no one, they, literally it's not there anymore. They took it down yeah. brick by brick. So they're left with this name that means nothing to anyone. Yeah. So that may or may not be a problem. Um, the name can also create misunderstanding or reinforce a stereotype. And this is where it's really ironic because as our language evolves, so does our understanding around words. Yeah. So uh, we had a, a group come to us and it was C prep and they were helping kids get ready for college. It originally stood for the Stanford Educational Enterprises Prep. Mm-hmm. So they were prepping. But if you said C prep, you could think it's prepping you to go out to sea. Yeah, right. <laughs> is it SEA? Yeah. Is it the letter C? I think it's uh, prepping you to be a C-suite. A C-suite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, C-suite member. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just ping me <laughs> up in the C-suite. So uh, they were constantly, you know, it's not, and it's it's S-E-E, and well, what is that? Is it C like vision? Mm-hmm. Now, is it a optical? No, right. it's... And it gets into that whole, it's bigger than a bread box, it's two syllables, yes. it sounds like this, and your conversation just kind of devolves. Yeah. So there's there's a great example of that as well. Um, if you look at ones like uh, that have just become antiquated, the United Negro College Fund, <clears throat> our, our vocabulary, which at a time was affirmative, becomes pejorative. Yeah. Um, and so you have issues like that. Same with American Association of Retired Persons. Mm-hmm. Well, you've seen the ads now. I mean, it's it's guys like me that are, are writing, 
you know, huge Harleys and we're popping wheelies and, you know, yeah, <laughs> you, know that, you know, retired people. Yeah. I mean, I current, I got a letter from AARP Liz, recently. I mean, you're closing in on three decades. I, mean, <laughs> I know, right? You know what they say? 30 is the new 50. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So I'm ready. They really don't want the image of retired people because you get a picture of, you know, a guy with a fishing pole and a bobber at the, <laughs> at the end of the dock. And they're projecting this image of, you know, of vivaciousness. Right. And, now and, you're going to a nursing home. It's more like yeah. you had a new leg on life. You yes. have kids are out of, of the house. You're running around. Yeah. Having good times. Um, and then here's another one that uh, became not antiquated, but just misleading. And so many of the nonprofits, it's their mission based and their mission changes. Right. So it's like it's like mission creep. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you go in here is your original mission and now it's changed. Yeah. Well, the YMCA, which I was an integral part of um, when I was younger, involved with them, went overseas with them. Um, and I, I was in on some of these conversations or overheard them is they were struggling because it was the Young Men's Christian Association. And I yeah. love to say, and I even said back then, is it just for young people anymore? No. No. Is it exclusively for men? I hope not. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> a lot of times they call it, Hunter Wright, the family why? Mm -hmm. They'll sometimes call it that. And is it only for Christians? Well, they would be the last ones to try to say that they're exclusive. That yeah. would look horribly, Yes. you know, just phobic. Um, and so they don't want to say they're just a purely a Christian organization. Mm -hmm. I sometimes would laugh when I worked with them and I said, we should just shorten it to the association. <laughs> you know, where do you work? I work at the association. <laughs> um, and so there's an example of, again, misleading. So there's all kinds of things. What do you do with that? We're going to get into that. But number one is just identify the problems. Um, the name is misleading. The name is geographically confining. The, the name is hard to explain. The name is too long. Um, the, so identify it, write it down, and, and nail it so that the vision is in front of everybody. This is what we're setting out to accomplish and to over, overcome. Step two is to assemble your team. And why this is so important, and Liz, you alluded to this. And, and this is, again, one of the failure points we're going to identify for you today if you're naming or rebranding a nonprofit is get the right people in the right seats. Yes. You know, absolutely. Put the, you know what they say, putting the right people on the bus. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Get the right people in the right seats. Get people who understand and really get your vision. Mm -hmm. And don't try to make it a democratic process. And the problem with nonprofits is they're so uh, ingrained into empathy and understanding and reaching yes. out that they feel as though they've got to be just so inclusive and yeah we've got to get everybody in agreement everybody on board but think about this what great invention what great name what great brand came from 700 people getting together and thinking about something yeah yeah let's have 700 people get in a building and brainstorm and come up with one great idea yeah it's usually two guys and or two gals <clears throat> in a lab or in mm -hmm. a garage or you know, so the decision making needs to be a tight knit group. It does not mean that you don't go out and gather information. Right. And what do we like to say? We gather widely, decide narrowly. narrowly. So gather widely, be inclusive in the gathering of your information. Say, say, I want a lot of input, but don't give people the impression that everyone's going to have a vote on, on this. Yeah. 
you know, we had when uh, I was down in uh, Tampa, they went and made a call that said the whole community is going to name the new baseball team. Mm-hmm. And um, thousands of people participated. Yeah. Well, there was just no way you could get consensus. So the owner ended up just picking his own name. Right. And everybody ended up angry because they felt um, disenfranchised. Right. They were all excited. We we're going to get, you know, someone's going to name it. And they didn't pick right. anybody's name. Wow. Yeah. They call it Devil Rays. And, you know, so I said they should call it the Rays, which they eventually went to. Yeah. So I kind of feel like they still owe me tickets. <laughs> they absolutely do. I did. I did. I actually said you should just call it the Rays. It'd be like the Sunshine Rays of Sunshine. Yeah, I love it. Mana Rays. It just, just Rays. And they yeah. eventually went to Rays. Just yeah. if you're out there, you can just send the tickets to me. <laughs> I was one of the original people. If you want to look it up mm-hmm. somewhere in an archive. So that's definitely what I want to do. Assemble the right team. I always say a horse. Or a camel, I've heard, is a horse made by committee. Yeah. A camel is a horse made by committee. When you get the committee together, yeah. you don't want a brand name that's a camel. Yeah. It's got humps and lumps. It walks yeah. weird. Yeah. But it's got a little bit of what everybody likes yep. all thrown in there. Yeah. Imagine cooking that way. Yep. Everybody gets to throw in an ingredient, but we mm-hmm. all got to eat it. Yeah. So that's terrible. So gather widely and d- decide narrowly. Uh, and make sure that you've got the right people on the team. Those are the first two steps when you're rebranding a nonprofit organization. And we're going to see you all the way through this process so that by the end of the show today, you're going to have a roadmap for creating something that's going to help your community and your organization move forward. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. 
To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, we're back and we've been talking about rebranding, naming rebranding your not for profit or nonprofit or 501c. Let's throw some lingo around. <laughs> organization. Yeah. Um, and the five steps to do. Number one, you just got to know what the problems are. Make sure that you all agree what the problems are and what priority. What are yeah. we mostly trying to accomplish here? Are we trying to shorten the name? Um, is it misleading? Is it confining? Is it restrictive? Um, what is it in what order? And that way, you know, at the end of the process, it serves as a real easy checklist to say, well, did we accomplish the goal? Mm-hmm. Well, did it do this? Check, 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 and check. And right. It keeps the process on track by doing that. Number two, assemble the team and get the right people involved. The worst thing, and I was in a branding one, and we won't mention names, <laughs> but I was in a, a branding, uh, re, a huge rebrand on a on a not-for-profit. And there was somebody in the in the group that just derived power from from being uh, a naysayer. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that is just, you just don't want somebody in there that's just there to cast stones. It's it's great to have constructive criticism. I'm not saying that. Right. But just almost before you said anything, they were, they were against right. it. Right. They and, don't have reason and, and, other than just wanting to right. say no. And, yeah. you know, when you deal with volunteers and all kinds of different people, you don't know what motivations they are or yeah. what they're trying to get out of being involved. So mm-hmm. just make sure you got people that are like-minded, not yes people, but people that understand what it is that you're trying to do so they just don't shoot ideas down or give this random – I would get feedback like, well, that reminds me of this. Well, that's why you have this criteria. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't care that it reminds you of some weird right. random association. It's not yeah. going to – everyone's not going to feel that way. Yeah. And this is why sometimes it's good to have that out outside naming help to kind of almost help with this process because then you have that third party guiding it yeah the neutral kind of helper which should stand task yeah and that was a very subliminal plug for tungsten branding yeah <laughs> you know i didn't even want to mention that i would just yes. put throwing that in there uh, okay, so yeah, it is of course helpful. We're giving the lay of the land. Hopefully, yes. when you hear this, you'll say, "Well, this sounds like more than I want to do," and you guys can do it. But it, this is just like if we told you how to remodel your house. Right. You could choose to do it, or you can hire someone to do it. But we're going to give you the goods. Okay, so number three, you know, after you've assembled the team, number three is determine what your your brand criteria are. Yep. You know, this is different than your pain point. This is more on the positive side. You know why you're doing it. The name's too long or it's too misleading or whatever. But what? let's look at the new name. What is it you want it to do? And what do you want the new brand to communicate? How big of a, we call it sometimes a bucket, do you want for the new brand? And sometimes the, the, the old bucket was, it's, I think of it like a little nursery plant in a one-gallon thing and it's root-bound. Yeah. If you're going to replant it, don't just put it in a two-gallon bucket. Yeah. Put a nice big one that so you're not rebranding your rebrand in a year. Yeah. So if it's, you know, if you've got the city name, don't change it to the county name. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe think that through a little bit. Um, And what is that? And here's a a, a great one, Liz. And there's no easy answer to this. Uh, Sometimes the problem with the name is that the problem that it attempted to solve, the very thing that you're addressing, and this could be anything. It could be spousal abuse. It could be 
children's issues or whatever, the very thing that you're trying to uh, address to let people know that you do it causes its own stigma. Yeah, right. And we've seen this a number of times. So there's this quandary of the name really defines what it is we're doing, but it also kind of scares your people or it stigmatizes people or people don't want to be associated with it. Yep. Um, and that is just a real catch-22. Um, our, our advice usually in that situation is to say, what is the flip side that you're trying to get out of that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and focus on the positive. The danger in that, and or I shouldn't say the danger, the fear that most organizations are afraid of is they're clutching onto two things. One, when we say that, you know, uh, what would be a good example? Um, let's just say, well, there's a group in town that had to do with safe house. Or yeah. Safe. So, you know, but they said the problem is everybody thinks we're just a housing place for battered wives. That was the impression. Yeah. But they didn't want to let go of safe house and, and make a positive connotation name because then people aren't going to get that we help people in distress. Right. Yeah. And they also, I remember when we talked to them, they focused on creating that healthy family relationship and trying to prevent Pre- a lot. That's exactly that. it. There was all these ancillary services that had nothing yeah. to do with housing. Right. And so people didn't think to go, Oh, let's go here to you know get good information, education, and how to create a healthy family. You know that's just the place. If if your husband's beating you, that's night. where you go. That's where you go middle of the night. That's it. And that's then, all. That's all. Yeah. So it became that knock on the door, middle of the night kind of image. Right. They didn't want that. They wanted it to be education, healthy families, all these other yeah. things. But then they didn't want to lose too right. that person, woman, man, yes. whatever who wanted to feel like I can go here and this is for me and they're right. going to help me. So it's it really threading, it's threading a needle. Yeah. So usually there's an answer in it and it's somewhere in the middle where you allude to it and it just, it just takes some time and creativity and some real rolling up your sleeves and brainstorming to say, how can we kind of connote and touch both? They say the most powerful advertising when I ran my ad agency was poignancy because it was sweet and sour. Yeah. When it touches the entire palette, if you can come up with a name that kind of alludes to one and the other, that is the the coup d'etat. I mean, you if you can do that, yeah. that's great. But I, I lean more towards positive connotation names yes. more than just because these names that are just nailing the problem. I had a lady that came to me years ago and her brand name was stop panic now and it was panic of what right i mean that that's like i mean if i had panic i would go well that sounds like the right place but i almost feel nervous just hearing the name yeah i don't and i don't i mean i guess there's a solution you're saying stop yeah so the solution is you're going to stop it but it was so problematic is and this for people who had anxiety and panic attacks anxiety see for me like i would feel very um almost put off or threatened right. by that because it doesn't i feel like you want to create the opposite of here attract towards a you know soothing safe yes. calm environment well that was my thinking too Liz (laughs) which is why and I don't think she stayed with the program I don't know I think she moved on to do other you know uh, philanthropy work outside of this but um, when she was doing this and it was all about 
people get caught in this SEO because the word anxiety shows up better when people are searching for anxiety yeah. symptoms mm-hmm. and she wanted the name and it's just I want all the I want all the positives but none of the negatives. Right. I want people when they type in Google stop, stop panic, my panic now, attacks. It will come because it'll have keywords. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the, the, the tail wagging the dog. Yes. You know, and I see this all. We see it, don't we? Yeah. There were SEO considerations and all these other things that are driving. Yeah. The decision, and it shouldn't be. It, and especially like you know, Mike, uh, who's been on our show before, when he comes over, we talk about our own SEO strategy, and it's always Google is a lot smarter than you think, and they continue to become smarter. Yes. And so your SEO for your name is not going, like, you're not going to fool Google in terms of, like, or people, you know? It's like you can they still have good for. SEO right. strategy within your actual content that isn't your name. like. Right. I mean, Amazon didn't need to name themselves Internet Shopping Place. Right. Exactly. In order to rank, they rank because you know mm-hmm. they they're on point, on message. Uh, right. They were viral in the sense of they did things right. If you're about your brand, you're doing what you do well. People will find out about you. Yes. They will search for you and Google. And you have good content. I mean, that's yes. what Mike always talks about is good, having good content. Just having good content that people need. That's what SEO is. Right. And, 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 and its essence, at its core. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, everything would be named literally. Right. You know, every single brand. And you'd be lost in a sea of literal names. Yep. So that's certainly not going to happen. So you want to determine your brand criteria. You want to be realistic of what you get from your brand makeovers. Nonprofits have a wide audience. They have donors. Yes. We've heard this, too. Yeah. That donors don't want to give to us because they don't want to put the name on their on their poster Mm -hmm. because it's so caustic sounding or it's so abrasive or like, let's just say stop panic. Now a proud, a proud sponsor of stop panic. Yeah. You know, we, the, the name that I created for her years ago was peak living. Oh yeah. Yeah. Peak living was let's not be living in a state of panic all the time. Now you introduce the idea of anxiety as your tagline. Yeah. How to defeat panic, you know, yeah. or stopping panic and living life more fully, mm-hmm. peak living. Yeah. And it, it draws people's attention to the benefit. Yes. You know, so you can, in your name, you can kind of make people sick or make them better. Yeah. Um, and I, it's kind of my belief that if you constantly point at the problem, it kind of holds the problem in place. So you want to try to create names that point to a solution or a resolution. Okay. So be realistic. What is the balance between touching that pain point and this being just so oblique that I don't even know what you do? Mm-hmm. It's just so out there and it's become just, I, what do you guys do? I have no idea. So you don't want to be too far, too literal or just too uh, willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Be realistic about what you expect from the brand. Nonprofits have a wide audience, again, a wa- very wide audience. Yeah. Donors, volunteers, clients, and we have all of them in mind because sometimes something that would appeal to your end client might scare off a donor mm-hmm. you know yeah that, that meets my needs but you know the donor goes i i don't i don't want to get behind that that sounds yeah right. sounds dicey yep um, a good question to ask is if your new re- nonprofit name could just communicate one feeling or thought or idea what would it be if it could just communicate one thing what would it be that gives you kind of an anchor point um, we sometimes ask on our brand development worksheet, another way to ask this is if you had a spokesperson for this brand, 
who would that person be? And then think, why did you choose that person? Why? Um, what are the characteristics and the personality of that so that you understand it better? Outline both what you want and what you don't want from the brand. So maybe you're getting away from geography. But it's not enough just to say, I just don't want that anymore. What is it that you want to move towards? Yeah. What do you want to communicate? So that you have that bridge when you say your name that allows people to cross over and go, oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. Okay, so that was step number three, determine your brand criteria. And then once you have that, this is your kind of this is your must have, your want list, and your in in no no list. Mm-hmm. You know, no bueno list. Yeah. You know? Can't have this word, don't want this in it, but we, we do want this and ultimately this would be great. You have that list and you know what your original pain points where you're ready to now roll up the sleeves and get naming. This is where you either hire a naming firm or a branding consultant like ourselves, or you just do it internally. Mm-hmm. Um, no right or wrong to it. It's just, you know, where do you want to spend your time and energy? So determine a naming strategy. We're going to use the most practical one and the one that most people default to. They throw up their hands. Nobody can agree. What do they do, Liz? They create Acronyms. an acronym. And yeah. everything eventually goes to that. Um, AARP, you know, they didn't want the uh, retired persons anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the United uh, Negro College Fund became UNCF. Um, you know, so it, it all reduces down. That's a super easy out. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a real easy one to get everybody to buy off on. A lot of times it's already halfway there. People have been calling you by the acronym anyway. Yeah. Let me just give you a couple cautionary tales though, before you go down there. Um, the group in town that we worked with, with our, our arts council, they had the name Transylvania there. It sounds like bats in Romania. And it sounded like it was county funded. And it was Transylvania, uh, I think it was Community Arts Council. I don't know, T-C-A-R-T-S. And the acronym, so you think, well, just go to an acronym. Well, the acronym was T-Cards. And yeah. then the next problem they had was people thought they sold T-Cards. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I mean, you go from... yeah. A great big long, long name. Sounds like Chance had so many issues, and then they shortened it to T Carts. Well, when I talked to Tammy Hopkins down there, shout out to Tammy, she said it was just written in their bylaws or whatever. They couldn't get rid of Transylvania County. It had yeah. to be in there. But maybe who knows? Yeah. Funding reasons, who knows? So in that case, well, we created a tagline for them. Yeah. And we almost moved almost all the brand equity over to the tagline. Yeah and created art for life. Yeah. So that's one. So a practical one is to do that, but you see that. Um, we had another client, the Institute for the Blind. Yeah. They ended up going with IFB Solutions. Yeah. I, I think that works. Um, it's just, I think it's a safe, relatively safe bet. It doesn't rock the boat. If you've got, if you do have 100 decision makers, they'll probably buy into that. I'm just going to say from a branding perspective, you've got kind of a very pedestrian sounding brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing you've got to be careful for is what if that acronym shifts on you? You know, When the World Taekwondo Federation went to their acronym, it didn't turn out real well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that with ISIS, a lot of companies that had the initials ISIS, all of a sudden it's not cool. We talked about the World Wrestling Federation tying it up 
with the wildlife people. Mm-hmm. So you're going to compete with everybody that's got an acronym. Yeah. You know, I am a proud Spartan that went to MSU. Mm-hmm. And notice MSU is an acronym. Yeah. But think about every other one. Mississippi State. Yeah. Has to play second fiddle to that in SEO. Right. Right? Yeah. But imagine if Furman University went to an acronym strategy. Yeah. That's why a lot of colleges that would not be good. Yeah, you don't want Furman University to go to an acronym. So a good outcome, once in a while it does work out. A good outcome of that is we talked about the YMCA. They went through a very expensive Mm rebrand nationally. And they came out and said it should just be the Y. Yeah. And for them I think it worked. So I think so. You know, it's there's not in in branding there is never a 100% right and wrong solution. Yeah. Sometimes I would say by and large acronyms avoid them. Mm-hmm. But once in a while the why? Well, I it, wonder I'm curious to know if people were saying the why anyway and they almost probably said people know. are calling it that anyway. Yeah. People always want, especially if your name is long, yeah. they always, the mind instinctively wants to create shorthand for everything. Yep. Right. So I guess keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. But just ask yourself, is that shorthand, does it have the potential to yeah, turn into exactly. something derogatory or so diluted? Yeah. I saw it on, on ABC Liquors and I thought, geez, ABC. I mean, ABC competes with everything. You know, there's, so there's the ABC Network and then there's ABC Liquor. Right, you know? but the what is isn't that just like the all the liquor stores yeah. or ABC stores? That's what I'm saying. You're just lost with. It. I mean, so if you were ABC, if you're a nonprofit, right. but and, I mean that's where you got to go get liquor. So, but if you were if place. you were if you were a, a nonprofit that oh, stood yeah. and it was the Alliance for the Betterment of Citizenship. Oh yeah, no, you, know, you don't want something that's you become yeah. ABC. Right. I mean, you're, you're between a liquor store and a broadcast company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. Just be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few other naming strategies we're going to go over that will, I think, give you a more positive path and give you a better result in your brand. Yeah. And we'll talk about those upbeat and best practice uh, branding strategies right after the break. You've been listening to Brilliant Branding brought to you by Tungsten. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we're back to the juicy part of the program where we give you the goods. You waited this long. It's like the weather. Yeah. There's a horrible storm coming on. More on that on the weather section. You listen to 20 minutes of weather. I used to do that when I was a kid. My brother and like, I, we used to me, pretend I... we were on the radio and we would do that. Yeah, like I just want to know, is there a tornado, tornado in your area? Find out more at 11. There was always, yeah, tornadoes, hurricanes, yeah, tidal waves. Like, just tell Everything me now. was going. So we're going right to the, the good part of it, and that is the, the naming strategy. We said acronyms can be kind of a, a no bueno uh, at times. Once in a while they work. The Y was a good example of an acronym that worked. Yeah. Some just through legacy. You've heard them so long. They take yeah. on what's called an acquired or secondary meaning. AARP, probably no. But I, I, I have to say I don't like when they say, um, if you don't know about AARP, you don't know ARP. It sounds like a, a belch or something, you know. I think maybe not so much the ARP thing. You know, like you're carping on somebody. You know what I mean? Like just not the ARP. If you're out there, don't ARP. I, I like the real possibilities. Yeah. But obviously we talked about the third rail. Somebody must have said this is our legacy brand. We can't change it. Yeah. So they're doing the best they can on that one. Um, and, you know, several of these, I think, just staying with with the acronym, they've just they've made it work. The why I think is the best example. I think because it's just simple. Yeah, I think that's really what it was. Um, so, what are the better alternatives if you can get everyone to do this? And again, the, the number one problem people have when when rebranding a nonprofit is they don't do anything. They everybody just throws their hands up. Everyone is afraid of change. And they're afraid of change, and they're afraid of offending people, and they're afraid people aren't going to like it. And they end up, but they go back to the same problems that have been haunting them for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, they're still scaring off their donor base or alienating people or misleading. Yep. So keep that in front of you to help you push through and get these one of these better names. The, the bright way to do it, the brilliant branding way to do this is to create a positive connotation name or a descriptive hybrid name. <clears throat> and by that, what we mean is doing a mixture of putting a little bit of a name in there that is... Uh, contains the equity or the same vibe 
the same positive energy of your organization. A great example, when we talked about that C college prep and it stood for whatever it was, Stanford Endeavors, what was it, Hunter? Endeavors Ecological Equipment, whatever prep. And it was just, it was just, nobody could remember it. No one knew if it was C, C or C. Um, so we said, well, what is it that you're about? And they said, we're taking kids that are coming from economically challenged environments um, where they're really smart kids and we're giving them opportunity. And we want to move them forward. And so we came up with, and it's always, I said, is it always going to be about helping them get into college? They said, yes. Careful about these words because as soon as you use a word, you're, you're stuck with it. But they said it would always be college-based, and we call them college spring. And what what we loved about spring is it allowed you to pivot in like three different directions. A spring is a source, something fresh like a well. Uh, a spring is a season of new beginnings. And in this case, the spring was a spring was like a coiled spring. Yeah. And so college spring became a metaphor for the, taking that leap and taking a kid that's disadvantaged and giving them that ability to leap forward, overcome, you know, problems and move forward in their life. College yeah. spring. And I think it's at collegespring.org. If you go to that site, it's so much more upbeat and they just quit struggling that whole problem and this is the one you've probably if you're listening to the show you're probably going it's those pain points that you deal with every single day spelling out what is what is c prep uh, all, all of that went away it was just we're college spring we help kids move forward and the tagline that paired with that so beautifully was potential made possible mm-hmm. college spring i thought that was a, a showcase worthy piece um, for a nonprofit. another group came to us and the same thing um, a gentleman, uh, this the client of mine that was in high-speed racing, of all things, had gone on a mission trip with his brother to Uganda and wanted to start something to help the, the children there and the people there. And he said, what should we call it? And, you know, there's just, you know, help Uganda, you know, Uganda Ministries. There's just, it's going to be like another sound of like. Mm-hmm. Well, when he showed me this, he said something. And this is where these discussions, I think, are pivotal in yeah. the beginning. The deep dive. What is this? He said so many people there were disillusioned. You could see it, that thousand-yard stare. They've given up on life. He says, but you know what? Hope springs, youth springs eternal. He says the kids there, no matter how dire or anything, when you looked into their eyes, you always saw a sparkle. And he showed me pictures. And these kids would run up and grab them and hug them when they would show up. And they they were just as happy as any kid anywhere on the planet Earth. You know, they hadn't lost that sense of hope and optimism. And that's the thing that they wanted to see that continue with those groups from them not to become disillusioned and, you know, and live a life impoverished or whatever. They wanted to keep that spark alive. So the name we came back with was Bright Eyes Uganda. And what we made the focal point of is, is that expression of hope and optimism. And the photos on the website became their eyes. And it, it so... In the future, they were talking about expanding that brand to then bright eyes, whatever, name the other countries they'd go into, Ethiopia or wherever. But bright eyes really spoke to it. And then Hunter did a great job with uh, that Give give Bake charity that we did. And it was a, a lady who wanted to bake bake goods and give the proceeds to charity. So that one is an example of a play on words, Give Bake. 
and it, and it took on a little bit more of a lighthearted feel. These don't always have to be super serious. You know what I mean? So that was, I thought, I thought a great one. Um, and then the one that we've, we've talked about on the show before is Surmount. We named locally because they were overcoming barriers to employment. So we gave them the name, kind of invented, Surmount and spelled it C-E-R-M-O-U-N-T because we live in a mountain area and we're overcoming things. So those are some examples of positive connotation names, descriptive hybrid. Um, the last one I would mention is Degree Map. We have a gal in town that helps direct and navigate kids into college. Mm-hmm. A little bit like College Spring. Yeah. And so we created Degree Map. Yeah. And it was providing directions. But the interesting thing here is your mom works for a not for profit nonprofit. Yes. And they went through a major rebrand. They did recently. Um, she works at Christian Reformed Home Missions. Uh, and Say that again slowly. Christian Reformed Home Mission. And, that wasn't um, even slowly. What? That wasn't even slowly. <laughs> See how it runs together? Yeah. I would never even hear that. Christian Reformed yeah. Home Missions. Home Missions. Yeah. And uh, the biggest problem they had is that they had a Christian Reformed World Missions as well. Uh, to basically separate entities. So they were working in the home missions was technically like the U.S. and then the world missions was kind of, you know, sending people out into the world, uh, missionaries, all of that kind of stuff. So, but they were all working in one building and... So it made sense to bring them together. Right. So it was sort of this unifying want to do that and also kind of to be more um, I think they didn't want to be so home missions world missions and Christian reformed like they wanted to be kind of a lot more larger yeah open and expansive so they went with resonate global mission and they went through a large uh, extensive process and uh, definitely talking about thousands of people that they kind of gathered and gathered. Yeah. They gathered. gathered Right. Exactly. So they sent, you know, surveys out to everyone and definitely communicated throughout the entire process of kind of where they were at. Um, they had a board that finished and make, made the decision Mm -hmm. eventually, but I actually really like the outcome and I really like the name, um, resonate, and the address is resonateglobalmission.org. And yes. what I like is if you see they had two previous logos. Yes. And you can tell they look a little bit dated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah, for and, sure. And it looked, you know, very much, uh, very, uh, I think, denominational, as I guess yes. what I would call it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And this resonate looks very open, expansive. Yeah. Uh, things resonate with you. Mm-hmm. So they, it's an attribute-based brand name. Yeah. Which right. I think works really well. Yes, absolutely. We talked about that large bucket, didn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they go out of Christian Reform, Home Missions, and Christian Reform World Missions. Yeah. And now they're resonate. Yes. Oh, I just feel the difference. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another Michigan State grad. Another MSU grad. You just got to go to it. And you were talking about schools, like, so my high school that I went to, uh, it was Grand Rapids 
Baptist High School, and they also went through a rename while I was at the school itself. And um, what they wanted to do was, again, to not be so Baptist um, because people were not coming to the school right. because it was Grand Rapids Baptist right. High School. I, you know, and yet they're identifying themselves because they're Baptist. Exactly. This is what happens. This yeah. is who you are, and then you have to create distance yeah. from that because it's alienating right so it was a big deal and uh and actually the elementary school was called crestview elementary it was not even right connected at all so uh they went through a rename and they came out with north point north with point. an e at the end see that's nice because though. they're fancy right it's fancy. it was north point christian so the finger, the finger up kind of thing yeah it's north point <laughs> exactly nice. yeah so you know it was a lot more about uh, I think would say positive connotation well, there. Well, you know, true yeah, north. Yeah, exactly. If you had north, it's usually you're the north star. And yeah. It's the right direction. I mm-hmm. can see that being the guiding light. Yes. To be a lexicon that comes with that. Yes, they they do actually have. See. Yeah. Um, and I will say, since I graduated from there, they seem to be doing very well. So. Right. Well, maybe because you left. <laughs> They got rid That's of the what it was. They did. I heard they got rid of the problem. It was called School for Troubled Children. <laughs> um, and then they rebranded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. North Point. They just pointed you to the door. <laughs> Said head north. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's a great great. Oh, example. you'll like this. Actually, one of the names that they were considering was Summit. Summit. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's our internal joke. Like that's the name everybody wants. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. The top of the mountain mm-hmm. apex. So. Um, so those are the naming strategies. You could do positive connotation. North Point is a great one. Mm-hmm. It's flexible. It leaves you open, but it gives you some vocabulary around it. I love resonate. Yeah. It's 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 emotive. Mm-hmm. It, it feels and it's it feels short. Right. It's short. Um, descriptive hybrid or degree map will help map you to your degree. Um, give bake is an example of a kind of a little bit of a pun play on words mm-hmm. so are there are really great strategies that can evoke the things that you want the brand to stand for without being misleading and give you much more of a lift to your brand yeah. um, and step number five is the simplest one of all and yet the hardest and yeah just make the choice pull the trigger and this is where you're not going to get everybody to agree and yeah. you can't so this is where you say this is this is the decision that's been made and the, the one word of advice i would give is you know, people are afraid, what if people don't like it? Just make sure you step it out internally from inside out. Tell your key staff members, tell your key stakeholders, tell your donors, tell your staff members, all your frontline people, and then announce it publicly. The yeah. only mistake that I see or that does backfire is sometimes people blast the name out and some of the people that need to know first aren't the first to hear. Mm-hmm. So other than that, you'll find that the adoption of the name usually comes very quickly because because of whatever the issues were that drove the brand. The new one, if you followed your own brand criteria, will automatically sound better and more intuitive than the name you had. And usually with, within six to eight weeks, it's almost like people don't even remember the old name. So that's been a quick wrap up. We've been talking about rebranding your nonprofit organization. We're always available at tungstenbranding.com. We hope this has been helpful. If you've had a rebrand that you're doing and this has been helpful to you, Drop us a line, info at tungstenbranding.com. And we look forward to helping you in the future come up with brilliant branding. We'll see you again here next week.
thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.